0: Welcome to the second episode of the Mission 4110 podcast. That's right, we are back for another episode. And I just want to take a minute and thank all of you that listened to episode one. You know, it means a lot. It took a lot for me to do it. I I honestly struggled with whether or not I should even attempt to do a podcast. But in the long run, I just decided, you know what? Let's just take a step of faith. Let's let's do it. Let's see what happens. And well, I'm excited to see how it paid off. Now, episode two is going to be another awesome episode. We have a great show lined up for you today. Our guest is going to be Damon Covert. Now he is a musician and he is a realtor and a creative guy, and he's got a whole laundry list for a resume. And we're going to be talking about sexual sin. Now, this is a big one in our society. You know, they think that 40 million people look at pornography regularly. And one third of that is women. In fact, there's probably a really good chance that if you were to look around your church on a Sunday morning, someone is looking at pornography regularly and probably more than one person. And the same holds true for your workplace and wherever you go. In fact, you probably have somebody in your own family that's addicted to pornography. That's how prevalent it is in our society. In fact, pornography makes up 35% of all internet downloads. How crazy is that? And it doesn't just end there with, with uh, pornography. There's infidelity, which is kind of fueled by pornography. But it's said that about 20 to 40% of all marriages end because of infidelity. And it's these kinds of sexual sins that are really plaguing the church right now and plaguing followers of Christ. But the great thing is the fact that there is a savior who died for people on the cross. And so we don't have to let our sexual addictions define who we are. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have Damon Covert on the Mission 4110 podcast. You know, for me, music is an essential part of life. The songs on my Apple Music provide me with a soundtrack to my daily activities. And it is amazing to me how hearing a song can help me to recall memories, emotions, or even moods. And this is why I am striving every episode to bring you great music during the podcast but we could use your help. Are you a musician or are you in a band looking for someplace to feature your music? Or maybe you know a musician or band that you think would be a great fit for the podcast. Well, let me know. You can message me on the Mission 4110 Facebook page or the Instagram page or on Twitter, or even send me an email to mission4110 at gmail.com. And who knows? The next music break could feature you.
1: Give me one more day. Thank you been amazing.
0: So my next or my guest today is Damon Covert. He is a husband, father and grandfather, along with a songwriter, worship leader, musician, faith based, faith based, creative realtor and the director of principle eight. Say
2: that five times fast. Right.
0: And on top of all of that, <laughs> on top of all of that, he's also a grateful recovering addict. So, Damon. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast
3: today. How are you? My, my pleasure, Jacob. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good. So
0: on top of that whole list of things you gave me, tell me a little bit about yourself.
3: Oh, boy. Uh, how long you got? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I grew up in a small Western Pennsylvania town. I, I should say I got older mm-hmm. in a small Western Pennsylvania town. Um, and, um, you know, I, I mean, I... Grew up in a nominally Christian home. Um, I knew who Jesus was. My parents took us to Bible school just mostly to get us out of the house during the summertime. I think just because <laughs> we were try- probably driving our mom crazy. That's <laughs> probably what a lot of parents do. They look for the yep. vacation Bible school. Yeah, yep. yep. yeah, little little uh, low cost babysitting there <laughs> going on. Um, but no, it's good. It was you know it was it gave me a basis a foundation. Um, but we didn't go to church a lot, you know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like Easter that that was it we went to we yeah. went to easter service you got you got a new suit and you went you know and, and in my back in the day i'm gonna i'm gonna date myself here but my like some of my easter outfits when i was young were like <laughs> powder blue you know i mean this was like the early to mid 70s you know it was nice. like this little leisure suit thing going on it was it was bad <laughs> um awesome. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it, they tried. I mean, I, I went, I went through uh, catechism, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Lutheran catechism, most of the way. Um, but you know, I really, I really struggled with uh, with the issues of faith, and uh, I, I struggled to fit in socially as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the stuff just sort of shaped who I became. When you know, I became a, a preteen and an adolescent, uh, and a young adult. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for, oh boy, you know, 20, 30 years, I, I was just kind of doing my own thing. You know, God, God was there somewhere. Maybe, I mean, I, I wasn't really sure what I believed. I, I, I kind of labeled myself an agnostic for a long time. Uh, you know, that, that crisis for me hit me when I was about 17 junior year in high school you know long-term girlfriend broke up with me and, and my grandmother died and, and what kind of god does that to you okay. right that's yeah. just wow. life isn't fair man my grandmother died and my girlfriend left me so you know i, I just i got i got angry about right. things and you know, i just kind of did my own thing after that and tried to tried to have fun so didn't work out so well
0: but you know <laughs> that's all right so you said you tried to go out and have fun now how, how did you
3: find your fun uh, well, for me, um, I, I guess from an early age, I always kind of liked singing, um, and performing. And, and that was a way like I, I could do the dance to get the hug, you know, like if, if I performed well, then people would applaud or they would tell me I did a good job. And I really needed that affirmation. I was really, you know, craving that. Um, you know, I grew up with a uh, a vision of God that he was this critical parent, you know, that like he was just kind of waiting for me to screw up. I, I called it the great gotcha in the sky. You know, he was just waiting to smite me, you know, oh, if I, yeah. if I didn't, didn't do the right thing or if I did you know, if I just went too far and I did the, you know, the unpardonable um, yeah. I thought, and for a long time, everything I had done was was unpardonable. Mm-hmm. I, you probably hear my dog in the background.
0: That's quite all right. Not a big she,
1: deal. She
3: she just can't keep it together. It's <laughs> in her nature. She's a great Pyrenees. They just they just bark. That's it's all good, built for. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, I I really uh, what I did for fun was I, I got involved with theater and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, theater people are all like feely and emotional, and and so I would just kind of you know live for those moments and i was thinking about this earlier there's a big difference between living for moments and living in a moment you know like you can be in the moment and be present with somebody and that's a good thing but you can also live for that moment and and that's really like that that's dangerous there's a very fine line a very you know small small uh, margin of difference there but it is a very important distinction to live in the moment and not for the moments you know and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would just do whatever felt good. You know, mm. um, I had a, I had a teacher who, you know, used to, he understood teenagers pretty well, you know, and, and he would say, you know, I know you're, I know you're all going out this weekend in pursuit of what feels good, you know? And, and I didn't really like get into the whole alcohol scene, uh, so much. I didn't even try in, drinking alcohol till I was a senior in high school and, and, you know, a little bit more in college and that got progressively worse, but, Um, yeah, I mean, that wasn't really my scene. I was more about whether I could, you know, find the right company and, uh, Mm. hang out, hang out with the right ladies, you know? So, so, okay.
0: No, that, that leads me into my next question. You say that you're a recovering addict.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What?
0: What are you? What was your addiction?
3: Well, when you hear the word addict, people say, "Oh, okay, this he's probably got a problem with drugs or something. He was a junkie, or, or you know, he's uh, a boozer or whatever." But um, you can get addicted in almost anything. You know, I mean, I think uh, it's you don't have to look around too hard to see that. You know, there's there's gambling addiction. There's there's shopaholism. There's workaholism. You know, I fell into the workaholism thing for a while too. Um, but my my big bugaboo, as as I kind of alluded to earlier, was, you know, it was it was uh, sex and relationships and 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 craving, you know, love and attention from the opposite sex, and so that that was my thing, that was my kryptonite, and that that was my problem. So, you know, and that that manifested in a lot of different ways, not just acting out, but you know, also uh, you know, long term pornography addiction. And if you don't think porn's addictive try quitting sometime uh you know it's not it's not easy i tried for you know over three decades mm-hmm. to to quit that and yeah. i was introduced at an early age a uh, very impressionable age and i think kids today are are getting it even earlier mm-hmm. you know because of the internet i'm mean, gonna have the internet uh, i lived bc before computers you know like when my friend's parents got a commodore 64 man that was the thing you know uh so it was a, you know But now you don't even need a computer. You just pick up your phone or a tablet or, you know, uh, but, you know, our our culture is so hypersexualized. You don't even have to have the device. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. there's stuff on billboards and there's stuff just they're just blasting us with it. It could be music. It could be the way someone is talking. I mean, pornography is anything that triggers you to lust. You know, it Mm -hmm. used to be I'd define it as just like, okay, it's just this type of image or this type of video or whatever. But it's it's much more widespread than that you know it's the old dime store novel with the with the you know the bare-chested guy on the on the cover and you know that kind of stuff you know it's it's everywhere it's it's pervasive well it sounds like a great time
0: to take a quick break so we will be right back on the mission 4110 podcast
4: for a soul like a child star from love a far cry from decent will i ever be enough my world is pixelated finding worth in social lies hang on every word like rumors feeding lies me searching for an elusive fantasy. Find that perfect someone, then I'll be that perfect me. Little left to offer, yet I still have to play. Running, in circles, but I'll never win. That
0: are back on the Mission 4110 podcast, and my guest today is Damon Covert, and we are talking about how he found himself in the grips of sexual addiction. Now, when did you first realize that this is a problem?
3: Well, you know, things aren't a problem until they're a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's like Michael Jordan said about gambling. You know, he had these huge gambling debts and things like that, but he said, it's only a problem if you can't pay the bill. You know, and for a lot of years, I never had to pay the bill. you know there, there really wasn't any downside for me as I saw it. you know in In Recover, we talk about uh, having a, a God of your own understanding, you know And that that's something I very much understood, because the God of my understanding in my act of addiction was me. I was the ultimate authority in the universe, what was right and what was wrong. And even when I did something I thought was wrong, I could still rationalize it, still justify it, you know, and, and that was, um, and usually I got away with it, you know, and, 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 or I hid it from, you know, people, I, I hid it from obviously the, the people I was in relationships with, um, you know, I hid it from certain groups of friends because they just wouldn't understand. Um, and even among the friends that would kind of understand, you know, it wasn't really a problem. You know, it's, it's sort of like asking your drinking buddies if you, if you drink too much, you know? Um, And so, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really hit some of those rock bottom moments and realize it was a problem till, oh my gosh, you know, my marriage is in trouble. Oh my gosh, I am, you know, really not able to quit doing this. And I wanted to, you know, I, I finally came to the point where I'm like, this, this is ruining my life and I want to stop and I couldn't. And in one, one of the fellowships I attend, that's, you know, that's kind of the, the point where somebody says, I'm no longer in control of this. I never really was, but I felt like I was, and now I want to stop and I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where I realized, you know, I've I've got to change something because just doing it my way isn't working. You know, I would be able to swear off it for a few days or a week or something like that. Um, But before I knew it, I would be, you know, I would slip up and then I would just go on a bender, you know, just the way an alcoholic might take a drink. And then, you know, they're just three sheets to the wind and Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: So what did that recovery process look like for you? Oh
3: man, (laughs) Um, the very first thing that i remember at least that i would say was the beginning of my recovery was opening up to a friend about it um you know i I joined the after after the fallout of some some really bad stuff um and you know the kind of the rock bottom moment that i was talking about earlier was uh when my marriage was really in trouble you know um i had uh moved from just you know enjoying pornography privately um to actually you know looking for relationships or excuses to get into relationships outside my marriage and i I praise god that they they weren't really sexual i'll term them emotional affairs but you know that it was still an affair you know it was still a betrayal and that that's kind of what brought this all to a head um and so out of all that stuff uh and believe me it was a long long process of counseling and everything else uh with christian counselors and and um and therapists and so on with, uh, with my wife and I individually and collectively. And, uh, you know, praise God she's still with me. I mean, that, that she had every reason to leave. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad she didn't. And so, um, I was, uh, trying to get plugged in cause I really, like I said, I wasn't really plugged into any kind of church community. Mm-hmm. And so I read the purpose-driven life by uh, Rick Warren. And I'm like, oh maybe, maybe I need to like, you know, get into involved in something, get outside myself a little bit. So I I we found a church, um, contemporary music, and I was like, okay, this is different. You know, like I, I was used to the old hymns and things like that, and and a lot of the stuff just didn't ring true with me. Um, but they were playing this upbeat stuff, they're playing Chris Tomlin, they're playing, you know, um uh Matt Marr kind of stuff and, and uh Matt Redmond and things like this. And, um, I'm like, okay, this is good. This is all right. And so I got plugged in, did some volunteerism on the worship team, but I I opened up to this one guy one, one night after rehearsal, I said, man, I have a long way to go in the area of my sexual purity my sexual integrity. And I thought he was going to be like, okay, you need to leave, you know, like, you know, just, just, just grab your guitar and walk out the door and don't come back. Mm -hmm. But he didn't, you know, he just said, okay. And like, he just sort of accept, you know, accepted me. Not, not that he didn't want me to change, because I think he sensed that I did. Mm-hmm. But he didn't shun me. He didn't judge me. He just kind of said, "Okay." And you know, he was, he was. That was kind of a starting point for that. And then our church uh, developed a, a Celebrate Recovery ministry, and I, I got involved with that because I. I Heard they needed a worship leader and I wanted to help those people. Uh, and then I realized, wait a minute, I am those people. Okay, um, But, you know, that's what's great about CR is that it's like everything. You've got people that have food issues. You've got people that have porn addiction. You've got people that struggle with, um, you know, drugs, alcohol, you name it. And it's, it's all the same stuff. We're all trying to fill a hole. We're trying to patch up a hurt in our soul that we just can't fix on our mm-hmm. own. And so, you know, um last several years, um, uh, you know, I'm about, well, I guess now fifteen going on sixteen years on the far side of the worst of what I've done. And um, like I said, you know, uh, praise God, I'm still married, um, still have my family. And um, you know, recovery meetings uh are a big part of that. Going to meetings, you know, at least once a week. Um you know, I I picked up a second meeting with a second fellowship and I, I I do some online stuff now. Uh, Of course, everybody's doing online stuff now. Right. With a lot (laughs) of that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a process and you have to dig, you have to like really uh, it's like the old Peter Gabriel song, digging in the dirt. You have to find all that junk that it was, you know, what, what was the cause of that? Why did you reach out to this stuff in the first place? You know, what were you looking for? Was it acceptance? Were you afraid of something? You know, did, did, you know, um, what happened to you, basically? You know, and what did you do? How did you happen to other people? And, you know, you just kind of have to process that stuff. And, and it is, I mean, those those 12 steps work. I mean, you can summarize it this way, and this is what I say. It's get real, deal, and heal. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, you know, there's a lot of overlap in the traditional 12 steps in that that three-step thing. but it, And you can't shortcut it. Like, you I had to realize I'm not God, you know, I can't just decide what's right and wrong for myself. I need something objective. Otherwise, nothing's off limits. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm the most important and and smartest guy in the room, I can decide whether or not it's okay for me to go do this. So you said
0: earlier that we live in a hyper-sexualized society. So how is it that that you survive and know like alcoholics they're always tempted when they see somebody else drinking or sure. you know drug addicts ha- have have their their triggers so
3: for you in
0: this culture what's that like
3: <laughs> uh it's not easy you know i mean uh you have to you have to think about what you are taking in are, you know, what are the shows you're watching? What are the music what's the music you're listening to? Um who are the people you're hanging around with? You know, it's it is it's like your drinking buddies. Hey man, let's go to the club. You know, and and nah. <laughs> you know, I, I know that I can't go there, okay? Um and and it it is tough because it is everywhere. There's billboards, you know. I don't I don't live I used to live in a small town where we didn't have like so called gentlemen 's clubs okay there's nothing gentlemanly about it by the way okay it 's like adultery i don 't know why we call it that it 's the most childish thing you can do, seriously, um, you know because it's I want what I want right now, and that's that 's what toddlers do you know yeah. um, <laughs> but it it's tough it 's tough out there because you, you know everything is kind of geared toward that and it, it's it's they don 't call it programming for nothing, you know like mm. it, we're just we 're just ingrained with this stuff. And what used to be, you know, kind of risque is now passe. It's just like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, what what passes for TV 14 is crazy. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, very clearly people engaging in sexual activity, even if they don't show everything. It's still kind of, Hey, this is what a normal relationship is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. You just meet somebody, you go on a couple of dates or, you know, you're hooking up. And, and that's the message that, that, you know, gets pounded home all the time in the media. Um, and it's, you know, because follow the money, (laughs) yeah, follow the money, you know, (laughs) it's like, that's what sells. And they're, they're just, it's kind of like this. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like this, uh, question of whether whether it's a chicken versus a egg you know are they just giving us what they want is art just imitating life or is life imitating art you know or is it is it just a cycle and how did that even get started and i you know i've come to understand for myself that it starts because i am just like that i've just you know we have that broken nature about us we want to be fixed and filled and that's just you know we we want to be God. We want to decide for ourselves what you know what feels good, and we're going to go do whatever that is. But it's tough out there. It is really sure.
0: tough. Yeah. All right. So it's good to know that your addiction does not define who you are today. So when right. we come back, we're going to talk about what you're up to nowadays, right here on the Mission Forty One Ten. The Mission Forty One Ten podcast. We're here with Damon Covert, who last segment was telling us about his sexual addiction that he had, but luckily for him, that doesn't define who he is today. So, Damon, tell us a little bit about Principle Eight Ministries.
3: Okay. Well, um, the the term, the name Principle Eight comes from uh, my experience in Celebrate Recovery. Um, John Baker and Rick Warren. Uh, well, John Baker specifically kind of recognized some commonalities in all the 12 step recovery programs and um he said well you know it's interesting cuz there are these these biblical parallels and he found these eight principles that uh you know underlie all 12 steps and they had um a parallel in um the 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 beatitudes of Jesus okay so when just, you know, Jesus is saying you know blessed are the poor um, and, and blessed are those who are are spiritually poor blessed are, are those uh, are the peacemakers and so on these are the things that he kind of applied and said okay these are these are the principles that that I see uh, underlying these these 12 steps and principle eight is you know kind of like what you're doing when you're when you're doing a 12step lifestyle and it really is a lifestyle. It's not like, okay, I did the twelve steps and now I'm done. It is it is a an ongoing process. Um, you know, I I, I like what you said. It my, my addiction doesn't define me. But I, I think it's it's important to, to point out that you're never really completely cured. You know, it's like there's always the opportunity for relapse. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that's a that's a question of degree as well. Um, again, you know, in a lot of recovery programs, you sort of decide for yourself whether you've actually relapsed. Um, you know, sometimes it's very clear to everybody else if you describe what you actually did, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, dude, yeah, you totally, <laughs> yeah, you totally relapsed. Uh, and, and you do kind of reset, you know, you're back down to step zero if, if in fact you are taking your will back and you're being, you know, the God of your own understanding. And, and you got kind of work through this over and over again. And it is an ongoing, life going, lifetime process. So, um, the 12th step is basically carrying the message to others. And that's what principle eight says too. And it's, it's, I look at it this way. I've been healed. Now I can be wounded again. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like a combat medic, you know, 68 whiskey, they call him in the army and I've been healed. I could be wounded again, but I'm going back out to the front lines to help other people, you mm-hmm. know, get them, get them back to safety, get them to a hospital and, and help them get well again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, principle eight is basically sort of paying it forward and saying, look, Hey, I've been set free from this and I want people to know that there is freedom from this. You can, you can get free. Um, you, you know, you're always going to be tempted. There will always be struggles, but it gets easier usually. Um, and again, you know, a lot of it has to do with making good choices in the moment instead of for the moment, you know, like I said earlier, um, it might feel good to, just click on this website or watch this television show that I used to love or watch a movie that I used to love. And I'm like, you know, my wife and I sat down to watch a movie, I don't know, six, eight months ago. And I've seen it on television, you know, half a dozen times. It's one of those guilty pleasure movies. It's, it's like a guy movie, you know? And, Mm -hmm. but we, we, we watched it on Netflix and I was like, Oh, you know, see no evil here. I mean, it was like, there were scenes, of course, that they edited out for television. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things you just have to be very aware, make smart decisions and say, I'm not going to watch R-rated movies anymore. You know, yeah. I don't need to hear the F-bomb, um, you know, because that, again, is almost pornographic language, if you will, depending on the context and everything else. Mm. And and so, you know, you just have to make decisions and say, well, I, I can't touch that. It's It's like, somebody said it's like being allergic to something, you know, if, if you are allergic to bee stings, don't be a beekeeper, you know, (laughs) stay away from the bees nests. You know, it's just, you're going to get stung. Um, and, and it's, you know, your throat's going to close up and you're not gonna be able to breathe. So yeah, it's, um, it's an ongoing process, but. So you are a musician. Um, yes.
0: Tell us about your, your music career and more importantly, the song that we've heard already on the podcast, Have You Met My Friend Jesus.
3: Right. Yeah. The background of that, actually, um, a lot of that came out of, um, you know, my idea of my old idea of who God was, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about a, a couple of different people, including my former self, when I wrote the song and I was I was in the basement of a house we were renting at the time. And it was, it was a very emotional time because, you know, I I was thinking of somebody close to me. um, And I think I thought about myself and how I looked at God and said, well, you know, God's not really interested in a relationship with me, but then I really came to understand as I walked through recovery and everything else that, that, you know, God really loves me. He's, you know, he really wants to be friends. Like he, he called the disciples, his friends and, you know, that that just really that got me, and and so I, I I want people to understand that you know God is just not waiting for you to screw up. God, you know, I can't say God's never disappointed because sometimes I think God is disappointed, but he's 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 love. You know, he wants to be in relationship with us, and that's more important to him than punishing us i you know i don't think it's about punishment i think it's about relationship it's not about following all the right rules but when you're in a relationship with somebody you want to do right by them you know if you really love somebody you want to do what's good for them and and what's good for yourself um yeah so i mean it it is it's it's it is more like a friendship than it is anything else you know i mean And it's pretty awesome to be friends with the creator of the universe. Right? It is. (laughs) It blows my mind. I don't think we can comprehend that.
0: (laughs) So it looks like you're prepared to actually play it for us.
3: Yeah, I'm going to grab my guitar back here. All right. Hopefully we don't get blinded by the chrome. (laughs) I'm just going to... Okay, that sounds all right. This uh, crazy little capo does things to the tuning sometimes and that's just um it's unfortunate um my son has perfect pitch he doesn't realize what a gift that is because he's he doesn't fancy himself a musician of any kind uh-huh. but he can he can tell you what note you played and whether you're sharp or flat you know, oh wow like it's it's <laughs> sick like dude i wish i could do that then i could actually sight read music um but yeah he it's it's crazy but um yeah so i i like to close uh some of my shows with this song because you never know who's sitting out there and why you know i Mm -hmm. I tell people like you may not know why you're here tonight you know and and but i i want people to leave knowing what i now know that that god loves me and he loves them Mm -hmm. and um you know it's he's there for us and he's our friend so this is uh, have you met my friend jesus Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the song, I just can't play it. You know, it's one of those things. I was fine. <laughs> it's, it's, I call it red light syndrome. Because <laughs> when you're like in the studio, the red light goes on, you're like, ah, yeah. I have to play it perfectly right now. Okay, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it stresses me out, it really does. Okay, here we go.
2: A stranger to pain you've been hurting so long and you've been so afraid that you'll always be alone you blame it all on yourself you keep it all locked inside in your own private hell, you will believe in the lies. But have you met my friend Jesus? Have you called out his name? Cause once you've met my friend Jesus, you won't be the same. It's hard to believe Anyone understands There is someone who does so come take his hand Have you met my friend Jesus? Have you called out his name? Once you've met my friend Jesus, He won't leave you the same. Know that He will always be waiting here for you. He loves you more than even I could ever really show. Your cry at night he's right beside you in the dark and he will give you peace if only you give him your heart so have you met my friend Jesus have you called out his name cause once you've met my friend Jesus He won't leave you the same Oh, my friend, Jesus, He knows your name Oh, my friend, Jesus, He can take all of your shame away You met my friend Jesus
0: That was beautiful thank you so much for for thanks, playing so that thanks, for Jesus. us
3: uh, my, oh, pleasure. my pleasure
0: and thank you so much for joining us today too so are you going to be live and in person anywhere anytime soon or uh,
3: you know what uh, yeah we can talk about that a little bit um I, I try to take this message out whenever i can and I, i'm mm-hmm. trying to find ways to do that well over platforms like zoom and, and online um but it really is really powerful to be able to meet with people and hear their stories and and share with them that, like, hey, you're not alone in this. I've been through this, and I've, I'm, you know, still working my way through what it means to live life as someone who has, has struggled with sexual addiction. Um, so, you know, I want to get out there. So if you if you know of a, a church or any organization, like, I you know, I'll go to a coffee shop and talk about this stuff I know. It's like, uh, That's really uncomfortable, you know, but we have to start talking about this in our homes. We've got to start talking about this with our families. We've got to start talking about it in our churches and in our communities. And and we've got to take it back. You know, we've got to take back what's what's ours, you know, our, our families, our, our futures, um, instead of just surrendering it to the media and, and letting them dictate what's going to be on TV. You know, so I, there's there's a lot that goes into this, but I, I want to get back out into the churches, you know, and into the streets if it has to be in on the street. You know, I, I yeah. picture um, in our new adopted home here outside Annapolis Marathon Maryland. I want to be down there at the waterfront, you know, and, and sharing the same message. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, if, if somebody's got a church, an organization, uh, I think young people need to hear this, mm, you know, definitely. college campuses definitely. and Young Life meetings and mm-hmm. you know, going into prisons. I mean, wherever God calls, that's, that's where we want to go. We want to, you know, we want to equip encourage. We'll start off with engagement. You know, we engage people. We want to equip them, encourage them, and empower them uh, in their fight against sexual addiction. And, And also recovery from, you know, being used by somebody else. The thing about, there's like almost 30 million Americans, they estimate, OK, mm-hmm. that are sexually addicted, probably higher. Uh-huh. But those people, you know, if they if they are in a partnership or relationship with, you know, even just a couple of other people,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, they're affecting millions of people. And that's just America, man. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, there's almost eight billion people on the planet now. Uh-huh. It's, it's hard to imagine that this doesn't touch somebody's life at some point.
0: Wow. So if, if people want to look you up, where can they find you?
3: Uh, you can check me out on Facebook. Um, you know, you can just look at my personal page uh, damon covert um just facebook.com slash damon covert um you can check out principal in Inter- principle eight ministries.org uh it is o-r-g not a dot com yet um working with my web guy on that uh-huh. um but yeah it's it's there are some resources there if you want to get started you know there's stuff like covenant eyes and there are some recovery group uh, links there celebrate recovery and other other uh organizations that can help you and you know um we we want to be a resource for you whether it's you know music is the primary way we engage but mm-hmm. like i said there's there's a lot more to this maybe we'll come back and talk about that sometime yeah. but uh um yeah i, I want to get out there and and let people know that there's there's hope there's healing and uh you know i'll never be completely healed but mm-hmm. you know I, I just one day at a time and just try to get a little better.
0: All right, Damon, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Take my care. My pleasure, Jacob. Thank you. Have God a great bless. day.
3: Bye-bye.
0: Did you just enjoy listening to that interview? You know, as Christians, we all have this faith walk that we are on and each journey is unique to us. Nobody's, Nobody else's journey is exactly the same. And on the Mission 4110 podcast, we are trying to share those journeys with people. And just like the interview that you just heard, you too could be on the Mission 4110 podcast. You know, if you think that your story is something that would impact somebody else's life and that your story may just help someone experience the gospel of Jesus Christ, well then Shoot me a message, whether it's on the Mission 4110 Facebook page or the Instagram page, Twitter, or even an email at mission4110.com. I want to hear from you. Tell me your story, share it with me, and who knows, we may just be interviewing you next.
2: So... Oh.
1: Face to face you better come correct if you're on the phone you better disconnect because if you keep
0: this up you're gonna cause a wreck if you say guys, there you have it. That was my interview with Damon Covert. And I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I did doing the interview. And fun little fact, Damon was the very first interview that I did for the Mission 4110 podcast. And I'm going to tell you what, it's such a powerful story because sexual addiction is so rampant in our society nowadays. I mean, the rush that people get from watching it is equivalent to that of doing drugs how crazy is that and so it's no surprise that there are so many people in our society that struggle with sexual addiction and you may be saying to yourself well so what who cares it's just watching a video or looking at a magazine or or, or you know visiting websites who is it really hurting well The fact of the matter is you're hurting a lot of people in your lives and you may argue well I'm a single guy or I'm a single girl what does it matter if I look at a little bit of porn well unfortunately the the scars and the addiction can last well into your life and it ends up hurting the people that you meet further on down the road and I mean honestly When you go into a relationship, you want to set it up for success and not failure. And it's really hard to do nowadays in our society. I mean, let's just be honest, everywhere you look, it's sex, 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 sex. And this is such an important topic that we are actually going to be talking about it numerous times in the future. Because it is a very, very important issue that's happening in our society right now. And it's important for us as Christians to remember that we can't get sucked in to that society. In fact, Romans 12, 2 tells us that we do not conform to the pattern of this world, but rather we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. God's basically saying that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And I'm sure you've probably heard that saying a few times before. Well... That's it. This has been episode two of the Mission 4110 podcast. Now, I know that when this first came out, I said, we're only going to drop episodes every first and third Tuesday. But you know what? To be honest, I've had so many responses to interviews in the past couple of weeks that I have enough interviews that we can go every week. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to drop a new episode every Tuesday. And next week's episode, well, it's going to be something fun because it is the fifth Tuesday of the month. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play music. We're going to get together for an hour or so, and I'm just going to start DJing music. I'm going to start throwing out songs for you to listen to. And hopefully you'll have maybe a car ride to go on or, you know, hiking or something like that. And I'll be able to provide the soundtrack for you to do that. I'm looking forward to that. So tune in next week for an all-music edition of the Mission 4110 podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a brand new devotional right here on the podcast, and then every Tuesday, new episodes. If you want to check us out more, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Send us an email, mission4110 at gmail.com. And I have a favor to ask. If you enjoyed this episode, go to your platform that you listen to it on and rate us and subscribe. So that way you get new episodes and people can see the rating and they too can experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, everybody, keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Take care. God bless.